Hi guys, Dave's joining the podcast by Carl Tunagafu. Carl is currently with Montpellier in France. He has previously played for the Chiefs, the Blues and the All Blacks. In 2018, he was nominated as World Rugby Breakthrough Player of the Year. He has probably the most incredible come-up story I've heard in rugby and he's a great man. I hope you enjoy. How's France at the moment then? Uh, no, I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah. glad to be back. I was here, what, seven years ago? And um, yeah... I've always wanted to come back and I'm just happy to be here again. Yeah. What are like, I guess what are like the biggest differences then between uh, France and New Zealand for you? Um, uh, big difference, man. I think it's just more, uh, I guess you could say more fun with, uh, with rugby. It's, it's less, uh, what's the word? Intense, you know. Yeah, you get to have like a bit more freedom of. Um, yeah, I mean, like in New Zealand, you get to express yourself as as well. But I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, for me at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like even like in the off field stuff, like do you find there's a difference in the culture? Oh yeah, no, it's a lot more. I don't know, chilled. I guess. Um, I feel like, uh, well, it's not not like I was ever bothered back home, but um, yeah, no, well, well, back home, not many people bother me here, and no one really bothers me here, so it's um, yeah, pretty cool. And hey, French rugby is in a good place at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I see that. Like um, watching our games in the top fourteen and uh, seeing, you know, how the top team in France is doing, like. You can just see it, like uh, the freedom and, you know, the top 14 style is the style that they take to the uh, international stage and it's working for them. So good That's on them. Really good to watch as well. Yeah. yeah. So you are in France before then, like, um, what do you think's changed since then? Ooh, uh, I feel like it's, man, a whole, it felt like a long, long time ago now because um, I feel like a lot of things have uh, gotten a lot better here. Like, uh, I mean, just little things like, you know, it's a lot easier to open a bank account now than it was <laughs> seven years ago. But just little things like, um, yeah, I find this, uh, you know, advancing over here. So it's good. Yeah. Oh, um. Well, you've had like a really interesting story into professional rugby. So, like, can you just take me back to the start and, um, yeah, how have you sort of ended up here? So, man, just like most kids in New Zealand, started when I was a little kid. You know, running around five years old, you learn how to uh, pass a ball, tackle someone. You you don't get to wear boots until you're about eight years old or something, but. Um, that, all the so way- that, that, seem, that seems ridiculous that you don't wear boots like <laughs> oh I don't know now maybe they wear boots now but back when I, when I first started I don't think we were allowed to wear boots just because they were too scared of everyone standing on each other and whatever but yeah when, that was when I was five years old so um, I th- it might be different now they might be in boots now <laughs> yeah yeah and then um, so like from there then did you start getting to sort of rep teams Early on, uh, early on, no, actually, I, I always struggled. Right? Like, um, even from a young age, all the way up through high school, like, um, 
I always struggled to make uh, rep teams just because I was never fit. So, like, I never tried to get fit. Um, it wasn't something I wanted to do, like, be a fit person. It's just I wanted to have fun and and uh, show what I'm good at. Like, uh, but fitness was never a, <laughs> a highlight of mine. So, yeah, I always struggled with the rep teams. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, so what happened then, like, towards the end of school and leaving school, like, did you always know you wanted to be a professional rugby player? Nah, nah it was never on the books for me. Um, in my head, when I was in school, I thought it was fun. I always played with my mates and, you know, that's all I wanted to do was play with my mates. And there was no other reason, really. Like, I, I never wanted to make a career out of it, but um, my mates is what dragged me along. Even some of my teachers was like, Stop being lazy. You got a game. Like go play with the boys. So I'll just be. Oh, okay. I'll go play with the boys. But, um, towards the end of high school, I got into like some rep team. You know, uh, rep team, secondary schools and under 18s. You know, under 20s kind of uh, trial teams. And I would always show up to the trial kind of um, weeks, but then get dropped on the first week just because uh, you know my fitness was never. I do a yo-yo test or whatever, beep test and fail straight away. And be like, oh, I know you just got here, but you got to go home now. <laughs> yeah, I was never fit, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was the end of it for me with uh, rugby. And at uh, the end of high school, I pretty much uh, told my old man, I was just like, oh, actually, uh, I just want to, you know, go to uni and stop playing rugby. So I pretty much finished rugby after high school. Yeah. That's amazing. And then what happened there? Uh, I went to uni and uh, and then I got married with my wife. Yeah. Once she, we, uh, about a year later, we got pregnant. So we were about a year and a half into uni and um, I basically told her, oh, you stay at uni, I'll drop out and go to work. So I became a security guard. I was a bouncer to a whole bunch of different clubs in uh, Auckland and for the council. So I was just bouncing around, doing security jobs here and there. And that was around 2011, 2012, just a couple of years after high school. And then uh, I think it was 2013 or 2014. That's that's when I um, put on the weight. Yeah, I, I blew up yeah. about 170 kegs, yeah. <laughs> yeah how, much, how, how much weight did you gain? I was about 170, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. You couldn't tell, like, I was 170, but I could tell just from <laughs> trying to put my laces on and <laughs> trying to get changed and stuff. So how how was it being um security guard then? Oh, I loved it. Man, I, I had great bosses. Shout out to Dean Kidd. He was my boss for, like, nearly 10 years and um man he was good to me he looked after me and um uh i was bouncing all over auckland and i enjoyed that too you know you get to meet a whole bunch of um characters <laughs> but yeah i enjoyed it i, I loved my security jobs i'm guessing not many people messed with you either <laughs> nah i didn't have trouble i never had trouble i was People were real nice to me, so I was yeah. real nice to them, so they were always nice to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then how did the rugby sort of kick off from there? 
Uh, so 2014, um, I blew up and needed to lose weight. Uh, I saw a doctor and the doctor was just like, oh, mate, you need to lose weight. Like, um, I, I told him I was struggling to sleep and I mm. couldn't really breathe properly when I was, you know, even when I was awake. Wow. So he basically just said, oh, well, you just, you're just putting on too much weight. You're going to have a heart attack within the next couple of years. If you keep, you know, going the way you're going, you need to lose weight. So I was just thought to myself, oh, well, you know, like uh, my brothers played uh, club rugby back in Auckland. And um, I thought, oh, what a better way to lose weight than to, you know, go join my family and just play rugby. So, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty crazy journey then to be where you are now. Yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy. Um, you know, I've, I still can't believe it sometimes. I just, man, I've, I can't believe I was a security guard one year and then, you know, singing the national anthem at Eden Park the next, like, in 2018 was. That was yeah. So, like, as soon as you got to club rugby, were you just tearing it up? Oh, I did all right. Um, 2015, I got caught up to, you know, North Harbour, our NPC team. Yeah. That was my first year back playing rugby, and I was still overweight. But uh, I think 2015, yeah, 2015. And then at the end of 2015, NPC year, uh, obviously, I, I didn't really play because I was just, a, you know, injury cover. Yeah. And then uh, one of our players, Daniel Hollinger, who's who was a 12-10 for Waratahs, Played about 50 to 70 games for Waratahs. He was in North Harbour at the time, and um, he had a mate who owned the Narbonne Rugby Club. And he asked me if I wanted to come play in France, and I thought, oh, well, I'm not playing super, so I might as well. And I joined him, came to Narbonne in 2015, and pretty much learned how to scrum, and, yeah, went back home and was able to, yeah, do well in the scrum. <laughs> So um, how many years then were you in France for the first time? I was just there for about nine months. I was just a medical joker, um, filling in for an injury and then um, yeah, and then came back home. Yeah, so what, what sort of things did you learn there? Oh, just the professional life. So NPC is only like a four-month gig back home in New Zealand. It's like a four-month season. You don't really train more than, I mean, maybe four or five months. But uh, yeah, the whole year was just full time, you know, rugby was my job. And it was my first time thinking like, well, this is, you know, something different. I've never experienced anything other than security. So I was, um, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience for me to go from security to full time rugby player in Narbonne back in 2015. And I wasn't paid much, but I thought I was paid a lot because coming from security, I was like, man, I think I, I'm on here. Yeah. Did you love it? Yeah, no, nah, I loved it. But I would play for them. If they were in the top 14, I would play for them. But, <laughs> you know, I think they're struggling a little bit now. But, um, yeah, I love Melbourne. It's, it was a real nice city, real nice people. And, yeah, I'd love to go back. So are they still in the um, second division then? No, nah, I think they um, went down again from oh, the okay. second to wherever the next one goes. But, yeah, yeah sadly. And like, how was that whole experience moving to France? Like, I take it you'd never been to France before that, and like, yeah, living, no, living in France, and yeah, I've never been further than like Australia before that. Like, it was um, it was 
it was tough because um, when I first got asked to go to Narbonne, uh, the owner, Rocky Elson, he's an ex-Wallaby, he was like, um, come over to France, like you can take care of your family from here. And I was like, uh, not really keen to leave my family. I had a wife and my oldest boy. Mm. So it was just us three. I didn't want to leave them behind. So um, I hung up the phone on that, that day. And then about a week later, he called back and was like, uh, bring your whole family, we'll like, look after all of you. So I was like, oh, sweet. So within a week, I like got out of my rental agreement and told him, told my family, oh, we're moving to France. So yeah, within a week, we were living in France in Narbonne and man, uh, we enjoyed it. We really loved it. Did uh, did they take well to that? Yeah, yeah. No, no, my, my wife and kid, they, they loved it in France. And yeah, I, I can't wait to, you know, have them all back here. So it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, like that must have just been such a like tough decision just to pack up and leave though. Yeah, no, it was tough. It was um well, I was still young. I was, man, I think I was like twenty one, maybe twenty-two. Well, I don't know if that's young, but yeah, I was uh I was living, you know, in a shack with me, my wife and my son. It was just us, like we were, you know, going independent from our families and stuff and for for us to go from that step from you know living off our families to just living alone with just me my wife and my kid and then all of a sudden leaving the country was huge for us and yeah you know it was a huge uh you know big ups to my wife kind of convincing me that you know we've already moved away from home we can do whatever like you know just believe you can do it and we'll be fine i was like oh okay well let's do it then <laughs> That's crazy. Was it easy to sort of integrate with the French team? Oh no, I was like I was real lucky because uh, half the team was Australians oh. <laughs> at the time. It was, yeah, half the team was Australians, ex Wallabies, and some ex Fiji players. And uh, it, it was still tough because of the language barrier and being a small town like uh, Narbonne. You walk around town, no one speaks English. Like I'm in Montpellier now almost everyone can like find someone who speaks English or something. But back then, Nabon, and you, if you couldn't speak French, you couldn't, you know, communicate at all. So yeah, it, it was pretty lucky in the rugby sense that um, there was heaps of Australians around, but yeah, it was definitely tough around town. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then how quickly did you learn French? Or uh, it, it was pretty easy on the rugby side, but um yeah. I'm still I'm still struggling to speak it. I can I can kind of get by understanding it, but I'm still terrible at uh, you know speaking it. So I'm definitely looking for a teacher trying to teach me to you know get better at it. I I always I always wonder how players like function in uh, like team meetings and stuff where the the mm. different languages spoken. So was that difficult? Uh, no, we were pretty lucky back then. With um, we had Australian coaches as well. And here we have a guy named Tom Whitford. He's um, and he's he does a really good job. He's like a translator, helps a lot a lot with management and stuff. So um, yeah, we're pretty lucky. He translates everything pretty much. Oh, cool, cool. And then um, from there, how did you end up back in New Zealand? So uh, before I left Narbonne, um, I agreed to come back to Narbonne and on a three-year deal, but I had a contract for 2016 in uh, North Harbour. And uh, I signed the North Harbour deal before I came to Narbonne. So I told uh, Narbonne, 
look, I'll, I'll come back for three years, but I need to go back to um, New Zealand for four months, finish this uh, North Harbour contract, and I'll come back. Mm. But when I went back in 2016 to play for North Harbour, uh, we won the championship that year, which was pretty cool. But that same year, I broke my leg. So uh, I broke my leg, and then I called back, and my bond was like, oh, can I still wear it? And it was like, oh, beep. <laughs> so the, the, the deal was over. Like, when I broke my leg in uh, New Zealand, uh, I tried to come back to France, but they, were, they weren't interested, you know. Like, I had no experience. Um, I never played NPC. Oh, I barely played NPC. I never played Super. And when I asked to come back when I had a broken leg, they were like, oh, no, nah, mate, it's, it's done. That deal's over, so... I was um, back to security 2016. I was just chilling, you know. I pretty much hung up the boots. So I was like, oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. I'll, I'll just give it up there. So, yeah, back wow. in 2016, I was ready to hang up the boots. <laughs> wow. And then, um, so did you sort of like do all your, your rehab, like while mm -hmm. you were doing security? Yeah, pretty much. I, I was just doing like, uh, I, I had to stay off my leg for like four months. I was just in a cast. Once it came out, um, I went back to security, but obviously I couldn't do uh, much. I had to pretend my leg was fine, like just because you can't go to, you know, security with a cast on. So yeah. I was just pretending I was fine and yeah, went back to work. <laughs> wow. And like, how tough was that period? Yeah, it, it was tough, but at the same time, like, um, I knew I was pretty lucky to go to Narbonne, you know, yeah. and I was lucky to even get picked up my first year back out of, like, not playing rugby and going to North Harbour and, you know, getting some experience. But after the Narbonne deal fell through when I broke my leg, um, it was tough, but at the same time, I was like, oh, well, like, you know, I never really made it that far, and I was just grateful to get through what I did get through. Yeah. Wow. And then what happened after that? Uh, so 2016 and then 2017, uh, the coaches changed for North Harbour and um, Tom Coventry, uh, he was one of the Chiefs coaches when they won uh, Super Rugby 2012-2013. He was the Fords coach. He became the head coach of North Harbour and um, he gave me a call one day um, before the 2017 season was like, hey, um, I know you're, you know, still recovering from a leg injury, but I want you to sign with me at North Harbour again. And I was like, oh, mate, I'm pretty good at security. Like, uh, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know. And he's like, hey, uh, I, I've seen you play. I've I, I've seen you scrummage uh, and I want you to sign just for this year. And I thought, okay, oh, cool. Well, in the back of my mind, I was like, I could do with a little bonus uh, extra money over those four months. So, so yeah, Tom Coventry convinced me and I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give another year. So went to North Harbour again, 2017, and um, played under Tom. Uh, the scrum went well. I think we made the semis, but um, we didn't go all the way. But, yeah, we, we did pretty well scrummaging-wise on the set-piece side with uh, Tom under the, you know, under the head coach. And... Um, but again, uh, no one was interested. Everyone in New Zealand, all the coaches, they weren't really looking for, you know, decent scrummager. They want they had guys in mind and guys in line to, you know, make their super rugby team. So I ended up uh, with nothing after North Harbour. It was just um, back to work again. But uh, Tom Coventry, yeah, man, he's a man. He's a special dude, like a special man. He looked after me. He, he pretty much. Um, 
asked the coach at the Chiefs. He was a friend of his, uh, Colin Cooper. He asked Colin Cooper if, um, hey, I got this prop, you know, he's not signed to anyone. I just want you to, you know, as a friend, do me this favor and take him in to uh, experience what a uh, preseason's like. So not sign me, just let me see what a preseason's like for like three or four weeks. So I went into the Chiefs and um, that was a cool experience. You know, I was living every week just like it was my last. I was like, oh, I'm only here for a couple of weeks. Like I'm only here for a couple of weeks. And then once the season came around, pretty much all the props got injured. So, <laughs> so I ended up playing. Yeah. And yeah, 2018 turned into a whole tornado of, I can't even remember, but yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So tell me about 2018. So 2018, um, it started off with, you know, the preseason of um, going in as a guy who didn't get a contract from anyone. And I was just happy to be there. Colin Cooper and all the staff, they were, you know, um, real welcoming. And once every week we started having problems with like props going down and um, yeah, eventually every single prop got injured and uh, me, and another prop who wasn't signed with anyone, um, Angus Tava. Angus Tava, me and Angus were the guys that came in as injury cover. Then all of a sudden, everyone got injured and me and him became the new starting props for the Chiefs in 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, 2018 came around. We did pretty well. I think we made the semi and lost to Hurricanes, I think. Mm. And, um, yeah, at, at, towards, actually, it was about mid mid-2018, because um, you have the July series, June series, July, Steinlager series. Yep. That's in the middle of uh, Super Rugby. Um, yeah, we pretty much got back from a South Africa tour. I went to South Africa. I put on like five kgs because it was my first time ever, you know, going anywhere that wasn't um, Australia or Tonga or something. I was in South Africa. Food was cheap. The hotels were nice and I went out every day to go out like restaurants, eating burgers, ribs and stuff. And I blew up like huge. I was massive for a guy who was playing super rugby. Yeah. We got back from our two week tour and um, I got a call, a missed call from someone and like, you know, got a text saying like, uh, this is Darren Shan, the manager for the All Blacks. Um, give me a call when you're free. And I called him back and, um, yeah, it wasn't a joke. It was like, oh, okay. But I uh, called her back and he was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, Darren Shan, um, the manager for the All Blacks. Uh, wait, wait you... You, said, you said it was a joke? No, I thought it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. So I just called her back anyway. And when he was talking, I was like, okay, this doesn't sound like an island guy because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Balangi dude that would prank me. But I was like, no, no, no. This sounds legit. So like um, he was like, oh yeah, I'm Darren Shan from the All Blacks. I'm the manager. We want you to come in for injury cover for Tim Perry. And I was like, what the hell? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, cheers. I oh, appreciate it. Like, and then, you know, uh, I was still living in that shack with me and my wife and my oldest boy. And um, that was my special news for my wife. I was like, hey, like you won't like believe who called me. But then she had news as well. And it's like, you won't believe what news I have. And I was like, okay, what is it? And she's like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh. So I found out like um, the All Blacks wanted me and my wife was pregnant again the same day. I was like, man, yeah. It was a day I wouldn't forget just because, yeah, it was pretty special. That's great. You found out you weren't being All Black and you found out you're having a kid on the same day. 
Yeah. And then I uh, found out that it was twins. So even more, it was just like, man, wow. 2018 was a crazy year for me. <laughs> yeah. Do you look back and go like, does it just feel crazy? Like how this has happened? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I think about it, I'm like, Far out. I can't even believe like, I've only been, I've, what, what is this? What are we, 2022? I only turned full-time professional in New Zealand in 2018. So it's only been like 18, 19, 22, 19, about four or five years. And guys think I've been playing for so long, but I'm like, mate, I, I came into the game pretty late. I was already like 25 years old and I'm turning 30 soon. So like, yeah, I've hardly been in the game for that long, but people think I've been around for ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was the um All Blacks experience like? Oh, it was crazy, man. It was um it was definitely a time to remember just because, you know, it it always had that uh that feel of like an exclusive like an exclusive club that, you know, you just you just always wonder about from the sideline. You you know you see the brand of the All Blacks, and you know you see the haka, you see the anthem being sung before games, and you always think like, man, I wonder what that's like. Like, but you never think you'd you'd be alongside them. So when I first got in, it was yeah, it was pretty crazy to get to meet like guys like you know um, Ben Smith and uh, man, just pretty much everyone that I, I met Ben Smith. Uh, Sam Wallach, like all the older guys that I thought wouldn't talk to you, you know, they talked to you straight away. Dane Coles, they were the nicest guys. So it was a, yeah, it was real surreal, you know, time for me. Did you ever like um, feel like you sort of like didn't belong with all those like legends? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Right? I was just a security <laughs> guard. Like uh, I remember, um, you know, I think it was like, 2016 or something. I, I was a security guard at one of their like um, the All Blacks. Uh, oh, the New Zealand Rugby Awards or something. So I was a security guard at the Viaduct Event Center in Auckland, and I was watching all the All Blacks coming and thinking like starstruck and all this and that. And then like 2018, I'm you know running alongside them kind of thing, and I'm thinking, oh, right. that's that's, that's crazy. <laughs> and um. Yeah, so then, like, going from there, um, what happened after that? Uh, so after 2018, I think I played every test, every test that year. There was, like, 13 tests, and I played all of them. And that was a crazy experience. But then uh, 2019 came around, um, Super Rugby was going okay, and then I got sick. So I had uh, meningitis. Yeah, mm -hmm. somehow, I don't even know how you get that, but, um, yeah, I had meningitis. I was um sorry, excuse me. I was in the hospital for like I think like two weeks and and then after I got out of there, I wasn't allowed to get my heart rate up for like I think it was ten weeks, mm -hmm. which was like the rest of super rugby. So I didn't get to play myself into you know, into form and try to, you know, make it into that World Cup team. So I was um I was gutted, but I was like, oh man, like I had a crazy year, 2018, like 2019, I got sick, but I was just grateful for what I did. And um, yeah, it was pretty sad to not go to the World Cup 2019, but you know, that's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. How did you kind of uh, like deal with not getting in? 
No, it, it wasn't too hard. Like, um, I was gutted not to, you know, be able to play myself in, but I ended up going back to North Harbour and, you know, North Harbour, I owe a lot to. And, you know, I'd, I'd never play for another province. North Harbour would always be, you know, home for me. And I was just glad to go back and um, represent my province again. And, um, yeah, I enjoyed my time back at uh, North Harbour again. It was good. Yeah. It seems like through, like, everything, you just stayed very positive oh yeah <laughs> uh i think it's been a thing for me since i was a kid like um even in high school i never worried about like not making teams um you know i've been bounced from every rep team all the way through high school it never bothered me just because like you know that's life uh, there's always something else i can do and yeah i'm always optimistic about um what else can go well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think it actually like kind of helped looking back, not having goals like oh, I want to be a professional rugby player? Yeah. Oh well, uh, it helped me just because like I was never dreaming of you know making it far as a professional rugby player, and um, I know these guys out there from a young age uh, as kids like they they look up to the All Blacks or as they look up to any prof professional athlete and think, man, I want to be that one day. And sometimes guys can't take it when, you know, um, they get, they don't make it and stuff. And, you know, it, it's sad for them, but with, with me, just like everything in life, I've always just been positive with whatever goes and whatever doesn't. So, um, yeah, that's just always been my outlook on life. Yeah. Where did you, where did you get that all that positivity from like your parents? Yeah, no, definitely my parents, my grandparents, like um, they came, they brought my family from Tonga, uh, Tonga to New Zealand and um, growing up, because I grew up a lot with, around my grandparents, like um, I got to see the life they live, like they brought all their kids over here, all their kids working hard and they get to, you know, just live life happily with um, how things are and how things are going and they'll our family was pretty lucky that they um, brought us over from Tonga. So it was, uh, yeah, just a grateful thing to be in New Zealand. So <laughs> being in New Zealand and all the opportunities we get, rugby isn't the only way to go. So, um, yeah, rugby couldn't be the only thing that could make me feel, you know, um, gutted if I didn't make anything. So, yeah. 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 And um, how hard is it to move to France this time then? No, it wouldn't be hard at all. Like, um, for me, it was time. Like, um, I talked with, you know, all my coaches, you know, uh, Ian Foster and um, Tom Coventry, you know, and uh, pretty much um, Neil McDonald and all, all my coaches, uh, even in Harbour and stuff. So uh, I told them it was time for me. Um, you know, World Cup was as next year. I was meant to, you know, prepare myself, get ready for another World uh, World Cup to try and make the team. But um, I think I had a I had a back surgery last year. Um, I had a knee surgery before I left uh, to hit to get to France, and I just talked to all my coaches, especially um, Fozzie, and explained that um, you know I can't uh, take these things for granted. You know, like. Um, if World Cup year came around and 
I got sick or if anything happened like happened the last World Cup, uh, I would be kicking myself just because um, the opportunities to come over to France were good for me. And I thought, oh, I, I better take it because I'm not getting any younger. I came into the game pretty late. And um, yeah, I think it's time for me to go. So they were all pretty happy for me. And um, yeah, I'm pretty grateful that uh, I left on good terms. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I was like to ask this: What advice would you give to your younger self? To my younger self, yeah, <laughs> I think it would be um, don't be afraid to fail because um, I feel like there was times I was too scared to fail that I didn't try my hardest. So um, it would definitely, if I could talk to my younger self, I'd definitely tell myself to, you know, really apply myself and. Just give everything because um, it took me to get married, have kids and, you know, kind of wonder about living paycheck to paycheck, how I could get out of it. It had to take me there to really, you know, have convincing for my wife to really give it a go because I never wanted to try and rugby until my wife was just like, hey, you can be an all black. And I, I laughed when she was like, you know, you could be an all black. And I was like, you're taking the piss. <laughs> And that was when I was in that bond. She was like, mm. let's go back to New Zealand. You could be an all black. Like, you're that good. And I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But it took all that and her convincing me to, you know, try my hardest. And when I got back to NZ, I just tried my best and everything I did and everything. I was pretty lucky that everything went my way. And yeah, I just wish I tried harder earlier. Maybe I wouldn't mm. be as old as I am. Maybe I'd try to go to World Cup next year. But <laughs> If yeah. I could, yeah, talk to myself, my younger self will be try harder. Don't be as afraid of fail. Unbelievable. Cool. Mate, honestly, one of the coolest stories in rugby, I think. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot better ones than that. <laughs> I know that I've heard. Yeah, look, um, thank you so much. That was so interesting. Yeah, cheers.